You're listening to Moving Business Forward Faster, a podcast by the United Nations Global Compact. This is an infinitely solvable problem. Convene businesses around a large, ambitious goal. It's mm-hmm. the right thing for our business. It's the right thing for society. Moving business forward faster. Forward faster will help us all together as a community to drive progress on the sustainable development goals. It's time to move forward faster. Hello, uh, and welcome to the Moving Business Forward Faster podcast. I'm Claire Bauman with the UN Global Compact, Head of Sustainable Finance, and I'm excited to be here today with my distinguished guest. Uh, so my name is Mohsen Arustum. I'm the group CFO of Asiad Group. I'm uh, very happy to be here and uh, lovely to see you, Claire. Yes, it's lovely to see you and to listen. Um, we're both taking a video, I think, and also doing our podcast. Um, we're here at COP28 in Dubai, um, which is very close to, you know, where you're from and, uh, you're, you know, um, where you're coming to to us today. You've spent 15 years, as I understand, in Dubai, but you're from Oman, Um and I'd just love to hear a little bit more about you and the work that you're doing and, and why you're here today. Absolutely, yeah. So thanks again for having me here. So I did start my career um, very early in, in the UAE, in Dubai, uh, with a logistic mm-hmm. and a ports management company. Um, after 15 years of uh, working abroad, um, I decided to go back to Oman. I joined uh, Asiad Group. Uh, so a little bit on the on the group as well. Um, Asiad is mainly owned by the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Oman, Oman Investment Authority, um, and it's uh, within the cluster or the pillar of logistics. Mm. So it does everything to do with logistics within Oman and internationally out of Oman. Um, we do shipping, all sorts of shipping, very diversified fleet of mm. uh, vessels, but we also have a dry docking facility within Oman and then um, different um, sizes and services provided in terms of ports, uh, free zones, logistic parks, and other integrated logistic services and freight forwarding activities. Oh, fabulous. And you were sharing with me that um, if we ordered a package here in Dubai from Amazon, that we could get it to Oman in in just under 12 hours, it sounds like. Absolutely. So part of our business, of course, is the last mile delivery, which Mm. we have been rapidly developing in Oman. Um, The whole mandate is basically to influence and have control of cargo aggregation and establishing Oman as a regional um, uh, logistic hub. Mm. Um, So with that, we partner with a lot of the e-commerce providers. So Amazon, of course, is one example, uh, which we've started uh, rolling out that service this year uh, uh, from uh, Oman. But absolutely, we're very excited with that partnership. And I think next year and beyond that, we'll be able to do a lot more with them. Today, we serve them with the last mile delivery within Oman and our fulfillment center as well. Fabulous. And um, shipping is a particularly interesting, I'm so glad that we're here talking about this because it has almost an outsized influence on our our climate. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about how you're thinking about decarbonization and shipping and what that looks like um, Absolutely. at the ASEAN group? I think with shipping, so uh, shipping, as m- maybe uh, some people don't uh, know that, it's predominantly a, um, a highly governed industry. Mm. Um, so a lot of the initiatives um, when it comes to decarbonization comes as a policy. 
Um, however, um, the policy can always unlock these voluntary initiatives as well. So when we started working um, you know, with the climate and the transitional um, uh, decarbonization policies, shipping was the forefront for our uh, uh, initiatives as well. Um, shipping, of course, contributes to a lot of the carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the initi initiatives we made, um, whether it's the, uh, the dual propulsion of the engines of our vessels or the steam with uh, uh, innovative uh, ideas of uh, steaming your vessels with other sustainable ways by wind or um, other sustainable fuels as well. I think all these initiatives kick-started with shipping, mm -hmm. but then that all cascades down to the other industries as well. We have the freight forwarding, the ports, and also when we have uh, a shipyard, with, which is one of the largest uh, in the region. So it does shipbuilding, but also does um, uh, ship repairs as well. So there's a lot of sludge and wastage that mm. arises from all these activities, manufacturing uh, uh, activities, and having a sustainable way actually to, to um, dispose mm. uh, this sludge as well, and being able to um, scrap some of the steel and some of the older tonnages as well in a sustainable green way. That's also something that uh, we're very closely working on. That's fabulous. You're, you're really talking about decarbonization, circularity yeah. with the scrapping. There's the waste byproduct. What do you do with clean water um, and uh, life below sea, which is one of the other SDGs. So it really sounds like shipping and the work that you're doing has um, an ability to really impact and drive Absolutely. progress on, on many of the SDGs. And, and I think you're also very connected to good jobs for people around the world. I read a World Bank report recently that said shipping's going to be the next uh, world superhighway um, because of just the, the growing demand of goods um, around the world. So um, you're at a very exciting time and I think juncture in this space for this type of work. Um, why, why do you feel like it's important for you to be here at COP28? What are you hoping to gain from this experience? I think, um, so of course, there's many faults to answer that as mm. well. But for me, um, I look at it um, from an, a country, national view as well. And of course, when I, when I always uh, speak about priorities, it's always family, country, and then of course, the group I work with, mm. ASEAD. So when I look at my family, and I'll share a small story with you as well, uh, uh, my kids' school, for mm. example, they've started a, an initiative where um, they're working on a U report or a chatbot where mm. um, they will, uh, and, and this is in collaboration with the UNICEF Oman, mm. um, raising awareness um, and gathering information from other um, like-minded children uh, in different schools in Oman as well on sustainability, on decarbonization, other initiatives within the ESG spectrum as well. And that's something that will be actually presented as a paper uh, from UNICEF oh, Oman wow, during COP28. Uh, so it makes it very personal for me as well. My kids are actually very much engaged there. Uh, knowing that their father is actually participating also in, in, in COP28. They and must be so proud. I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think from a national perspective as, as well and from, from a group perspective, um, also the role or the hat we wear as CFOs, I think uh, that's a very um, important role where you can unlock the, um, and link the mm. investment with the value. Of, of the sustainability. I think um, you can very easily, if you work in an industry where you're transporting fossil fuel, 
um, to the world, mm -hmm. and the need is still there, um, where sustainable fuel options are coming, but not at the pace we would hope so, um, it's very easy to get caught up with, with that demand to, to delay any initiative um, I think, or, um, uh, you know, voluntarily actions when it comes to uh, sustainability. Um, and that's where the CFO role comes as well. Of course, I always tell my team as well, the best sustainable investments are the ones with the viable returns. Mm. Uh, those are the best because they tick every box. What does that look like uh, for you? I think it wasn't easy initially right. when we started with um, delivering that message as well. But now there's more and more innovation and, and you can see how you can unlock those values as well uh, with, with the banks as well. So th there's a lot of government initiatives around the world um, and incentives, let's say, to the banks globally, but locally as well. Uh, but then there's a lot of work that has to be done um, internally. There's a lot of change management mm -hmm. um, and it's basically bringing people together. We, you and I spoke as well yes. on how the best way um, to bring people together. You have a problem to solve. I have a problem to solve. But there's always a common ground right. where we can both solve the same problem and achieve the, the mutual, uh, let's say, positive result. So it, it's not easy, but it's moving in the, in the right direction. Um, there's also a, a saying that I really like as well on change. Mm. So it always says, um, change is ugly in the beginning, messy in the middle, beautiful at the end. Oh, I love that. We, I need I, to, we need to put that in the caption for, what, <laughs> for the social media on I this. Think, I think uh, we passed the ugly <laughs> part. So yes, maybe it was ugly. Maybe education was a big part of it. Uh, maybe lack of investment, lack of, let's say, financial instrument that could back up any um, transition agenda, um, we, we're way ahead of that. We are somehow in a messy part, mm. so, but, but the beautiful end part is something that we can see. The North Star mm. is, is visible now. So I, th I think that's the silver lining now. Yeah. And so you're very much a glass half full person to share. Do you see hope for the future? I think with people gathering here today in Dubai and, and looking ahead to 2024, are you, are you filled with hope towards the work that we can do together? Absolutely. I think, um, so different perspectives. Uh, yeah. You would have a perspective where, yes, we see the change is coming. We need to push for it. We need to make uh, investment, innovation. Um, you could have somehow the other uh, or the flip side of the coin where, no, the demand for fossil fuel is still there. Mm. Uh, maybe it's premature to, to, to talk about that. And But that actual voice comes merely because of the viability or the cost associated with sustainable solutions. Mm. And I think those two will meet yeah. uh, very soon before we are at a tipping point. Mm -hmm. And once those two meet, it doesn't matter what's the background yeah. uh, when you adopt it, because everyone will then jump in. It's so much about making the economics work. It sounds like, it, you know, there's aspiration and that's why your role is so important. I think in Absolutely. involving the yeah. CFO, because if we can make you know, the economic model work for sustainability. And then I think increase demand, create that demand signal, increase the innovation um, and bring more people together so that you can learn more about the SDGs as a framework, as an example. It sounds like we can really kind of drive things forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think from a country perspective as well. So uh, cost is a quite uh, an important element as well. But it has been, pe what people forgot that, uh, or forget oftentimes is that a similar um, case when it comes to the uh, extraction or the production of 
uh, all the mining mm. business when it comes to fossil fuels or, or, or minerals as well. The cost is not the same in every uh, locality. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the sustainable fuel or let's say the high green hydrogen production or green ammonia as well. So Oman, for example, is uh, one of the countries that enjoys the abundance of, let's say, land, solar, oceans, uh, wind, um, uh, a power as well to to facilitate for a very high quality and cost effective mm. uh, green hydrogen, and and you will always have those localities will then become major let's say exporters of this um, let's say sustainable fuel for the future um, coming forward. So those initiatives are happening, mm-hmm. whether they're happening in the region or specifically in Oman as well. And I think the linkage between us and the vision of Oman as well is quite um, uh, visible. Uh, we are a transportation partner for the country. Uh, we transport today, um, yes, we do uh, the transitional fuels or the fossil fuel, but we have the expertise when it comes to owning, managing mm. uh, and operating these vessels. And as and when we have the technology and we have uh, the, the uh, let's say, green uh, uh, fuel, mm-hmm. which can be transported to the world, uh, similarly, we could support that with, with our vessels. That's wonderful. I, and I love, just going back to what you said before about family, country, yeah. and then your business, we've heard a little bit about your family. Tell me, you know, tell me more about your pride for your country. What does it look like? What you know, for those who've never had a chance to go to Muscat or to Amman before, what would they see and experience there? So Amman is a very beautiful country. You should definitely uh, make it It's on a my trip. list. I have Absolutely. <laughs> it has to be. I'm going to jump on one of your ships from here, the ferries. And <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or We'd drive love to have, four hours from four, Yeah, four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, one hour uh, flight. Yeah, so it's not too far. Yeah, Great. absolutely. Yeah, so Oman is a very beautiful country, very strategically located. Mm. I think um, the access we have to um, the consumer markets in the India subcontinent, mm. to East Africa as well, that gives us an advantage. Of course, predominantly uh, a country reliant on gas and oil extraction, mm. uh, petrochemicals, but the country has an abundance of um, uh, mining uh, or minerals resources. Mm to support, let's say, the transition to the uh, lithium batteries, the EV manufacturing Mm. as well, Um, and as well as, of course, the the oceans we have, the fisheries industries, the other food sector as well. Um, And as I've um, I've mentioned on the green uh, hydrogen production as well. So all the, the, let's say, the diversification elements for the country, and of course, Mm. it's a beautiful country for tourism. Absolutely. I've seen photos. And, it looks beautiful. And I think whether it's um, uh, green, green energy, whether it's mining, whether it's um, you know uh, uh, tourism, it all goes back to the logistic of how you actually do all mm. these businesses or how you attract foreign direct investment mm. into these industries. And being in a group that actually homes these in, in, in its free zones, logistic parks, these international investors, but also has the other logistic services, the shipping arm, the dry docking, the ports as well, facilitates the whole supply chain uh, value creation within the country and for the region. I think that gives you a lot of um, sense of pride Mm. uh, and it gives you a sense of purpose as well. Mm. Not only your linkage, so that's the second, you know, the country Mm -hmm. behind the family. Um, It basically links the group or you work uh, in Asiad mm. with the country. Um, you're doing something which is very important for the country, mm. actually. And it's not simply 
um, a PNL or a, mm. a profitability or numbers game. Uh, it's more of a value game as well. Um, I, I remember mentioning before as well that people used to say CFO is a chief future officer, mm. but I think that's, and some people thought, oh, that's a new term. Oh, I think that's outdated. I think CFO is a CVO now, mm. a chief value uh, officer. Oh, I love that. Um, and I think that's the value creation. It's, it's not really, uh, let's say, restricted to, to a CFO or C-suite. It's actually, and I tell my team also, uh, for us as finance, it's more of a value creation. It's not counting the beans mm. and reporting that because um, AI could do that. Right. Yeah. Oh, These I love days, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's more of the analytical value and, and even the analytical work, actually. AI could do that. Right. Probably a better job than, than, than us humans in a few years, maybe, or, or sooner. But it's the value that we create and it's the sense of purpose of why we're doing that mm. and how it's linked to the country's vision and where we want to reach. I love this. It is so clear in the way you speak about your country and the work that you're doing that you can can feel that that value creation, which is really um, inspiring for me to hear. Uh, That's, I think, the special thing about coming to COP28 and having these gatherings with people from all over the world, whether you're from the United Nations or from an NGO for the private sector. It's the spirit of collaboration, of a sense of purpose, and about bringing value back to humanity, about to people, people and planet and positivity. So, um, so that's wonderful. It's very, it's very clear to me. I think before we end, I want to get a little bit into the technical side of the, the work as a CFO so our, you know, our listeners can understand what you think about on a day-to-day. How are you thinking about sustainability, about the sustainable development goals? Do you use them in your taxonomy? What, what, how do you approach sustainable finance? You know, absolutely. We started very early. So um, right now we have a, a very comprehensive uh, ESG uh, framework. But even before that, uh, every time we started, of course, competitiveness, viability of a project on its own merits um, has to be there. But then we have to uh, also look at adding the, the sustainability or the green um, angle there mm. as well. The green angle may not be always feasible when it comes to, let's say, a crude tanker. Mm. Um, but we've, uh, back in 2019, we've uh, financed two dry bulk vessels which carry minerals mm. uh, with um, um, uh, sustainability link or UN sustainability uh, goals linked financing. We've done, done uh, you know, uh, post that, we've done a financing in our dry docking uh, facility as well for the uh, compound, uh, uh, you know, for the staff, for the employees, the blue collars as well, where also it was attached with sustainability. So whenever we make a debt plan for mm-hmm. us for, for the year, but also for the five-year plan, we look at each and uh, every one of those financing. So initially when we started, it was which one we can have a sustainable angle there. Of course, as I mentioned, competitiveness is a key as well. And, uh, and we worked very closely with the banks and for us, it's more of a journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, while we started very early, the local banks in Oman probably were lacking that knowledge. But again, we look at it from a, a purposeful, uh, a nationwide uh, a mission as well. So let's not only propel the economy of Oman when it comes to the company or our shareholders, but also our lenders, mm. our investors within Oman as well. So you're propelling their knowledge as well. And I think now, if you look at our debt plan or our investments for the next five years, um, I can tell you each and every one of them would have 
um, having a robust ESG framework, of course, um, each and every one of these investments will have a green or a sustainability angle mm. for, for the funding as well. So for us, we don't want to be an occasional, let's say, sustainability or green financing uh, company. We want to be a, a green issuer. Mm. So it's really putting sustainability yes. first. It's not an afterthought, yeah. but it's yeah. really starting with that kind of greened mindset at the very beginning. And it sounds also like connecting the green to also the, you know, the people at the same time. So the S in ESG um, and then the governance as well. So you've just kind of laid out for us all of those pieces in a really nice way. Um, I really appreciate your time today. It's been fascinating to learn more about Oman. I um, was able to have my first oyster from the region last night, and I found out that it is probably from Omani water. So uh, I'm glad to have my own piece of Oman with me. (laughs) Now it was delicious, had a really nice brine to it. Um, But thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to add before we close, a message to our listeners about, you know, how, the, how they can get involved in sustainable finance? How would they start? I think uh, it's, it's a mission that not only uh, we oftentimes say governments, and yes, legislations, governments will play a, a key role when it comes to innovation, when it comes to change as well. But I think it's where at the end, whether it's government, whether it's um, corporates mm. or, um, uh, or, or you know, NGOs or banks, we're individuals, we're humans. Mm. And each and every one of us has to think of this and think of their, let's say, families as well or or the future generations as well. We're trying to make the world a a better place for us uh, and for our next generation to live more greener. So I think it's a very important uh, journey and and, and, uh, a task for all of us to embark on. And uh, it's something everyone, if if they haven't heard about it or or they haven't been attached to it, it's something they, they get aligned, I guess. Wonderful. Well, I I hear hope, I hear pride, I hear value creation. So the CVO, that's something um, that's something that I'm gonna that's gonna stay with me, and I yeah. think um, <laughs> we'll try to spread that message around. Thank you very much for Thanks, your time yeah. today, Shukran. It's been wonderful to Definitely. be here, and um, thank you very much to our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Moving Business Forward Faster, a podcast by the United Nations Global Compact. To learn more about Forward Faster, visit forwardfaster.unglobalcompact.org.